0: Today's episode of Locked on Raptors is brought to you by 1010. Now you may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it here. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people and with 10 tenants been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds if you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate valentine's day you're definitely going to want to check this out again this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at blue nile.com oh because
1: like, when i shot it, i expected to make
0: it so like i don't shoot trying of mess so. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 876 of Locked On Raptors 4, uh, Monday, yeah, Monday, February the first. Holy crap, it's February already! I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean, you can find the show at LockedOnRaptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're subscribing on all of your favorite podcast providers, uh, not only for this show but for all of the Locked On podcasts that we have to offer, covering all the Big Four sports plus the NCAA, and we've got our specialty shows like Locked On Today and Hollinger and Duncan. There's a million things for you to go check out, so please go ahead and do that, and subscribe and support. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code On to get 20% off of your next order, more on them a little bit later on. Alright, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors are back in the win column, a 115-102 win over the very, very depressing Orlando Magic on Sunday night, in the first half of a back-to-back against the Orlando Magic, or a home-and-home, I guess, it's not a back-to-back, and, uh, I don't know, it, it was a, a win against a bad team. They took care of business, which is not something we can, we can say the Raptors have done a ton this year. And it was nice to see that. And joining me to talk about that taking care of business win is our pal Big V, Big CBC himself, Big Lavender. What other names do we have for you? It's uh, Vivek Jacob. What's going on, man?
1: <laughs> not that much, man. Just an uh, exciting week ahead. Hopefully you have some cool things up at CBC Sports for you guys to check out. And, yeah, the Raptors are slowly but surely figuring things out. I know things were heading the other way again with the three-game losing streak, but it was nice to see them keep an opponent at arm's length for the entirety of the 48 minutes. I thought that was encouraging. So here we are for another It's Fine podcast.
0: Yeah, look, again, I, I think... You know, I was very critical after the Kings loss on Friday. I called it the lowest point of the season so far. It was pretty embarrassing. That was a very, very bad game against a not good team that they should have won, even with the losses of OG and Anobi and Norman Powell. Um, You know, maybe that gives them a little bit of slack, but honestly, they played so poorly in that game and lost by so little that it's hard to not just think they gave that one away. Um, You know, overall, I think... If you take a couple steps back and sort of remove yourself from the recency of those three losses, take a look at the last 10 games as a whole. We did a podcast with our pal Abdul at Socialist Raptor after 10 games, and it was dark. They were 2-8. and eight. They were in the dumps. They were bad in terms of all their metrics. And the last 10 games have seen them kind of come back, and they've rebounded. They're now with a positive point differential of nearly uh, plus 1 per 100 possessions. They are borderline... Well, they were borderline top 10 in both offense and defense, as well as net rating over the last 10 games as well. They're not contenders or anything like that, but they're still a very good team lying in here somewhere. And it was nice to see them put the bricks to uh, or beat the bricks off. Put the bricks? Beat the brakes. That's what I'm looking for. Beat the brakes off of a bad Orlando Magic team uh, in a game that was, I think, even points. I was wondering pocket, where you were heading here. Points. Yeah, I don't know. There's too many phrases in English. How about that? Uh, This is English's (laughs) fault, not mine. Um, But either way, it's nice to see them kind of find some stability over the last 10 games and seemingly be on the right direction. But, of course, we'll have to probably monitor the next 10 games to see how that goes as well. Vivek... Let's dive into this game against the Magic. Uh, again, just a truly, truly moribund franchise are the Orlando Magic. They make me sad to watch them, even though I know they're injured right now. They're missing Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. There's just not a lot going on here, and it's it's the same as it's always been, it seems, just with like new uh, cast members who are also kind of crappy uh, <laughs> making their appearances. <laughs> um, what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors win over the Magic on Sunday night?
1: So I'm going to actually go back to my initial point about holding an opponent at arm's length. And to me, that stemmed from, one, not making those head-scratching mistakes like they've been making, or at least just didn't make as many. There were very few that I could count. Um, And then two is controlling what you can control. And we've seen early on that, one of the biggest things with this team is they can get into these offensive droughts. And I think Nick nurse himself in terms of controlling what he can, he's got to recognize those units where it's not coming together and it's not going to happen. And he's got to nip it in the bud right away. So I thought he did a good job of that in the fourth quarter, early fourth, Mm -hmm. he didn't have an offensively capable lineup out there, recognized it pretty quickly and had Siakam come right back into the game. And so I think those are the things that Nick nurse needs to lean on going forward and saying, yeah, there are these, you know, head scratching mistakes that these players have made, you know, whether it's missed dunks, horrible rotations on defense, bad offense. I can't control that. They've got to execute better on that. And they did that on this night. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I can control is the rotations and even though Norman Powell and OG and Anobia aren't out there, that shouldn't be an excuse. And so I was I was really encouraged for Siakam to come right back into the game. They pushed that lead back up uh, and were able to sort of hold the fort the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, I thought, really notable considering what happened on Friday where Pascal was on the bench until like 3.52 left in that game. And yes, that line that they had out there was doing well defensively, but they didn't quite have the offensive juice. And I frankly thought... Had Pascal been put in a little earlier on Friday night, they probably win that game because uh, they had no chance of guarding him in Sacramento. And same with the Magic. They had nobody to stop him. When you bring him in, the offense just got a whole burst of life breathed into it. And they were able to sort of stamp out what seemed like a burgeoning run from the Magic early on. And, and look, I think Nurse is always kind of a victim of his own reliance on his best players at times. And the fourth quarter becomes a bit of a... A juggling act because you don't want to play guys 42 minutes but you know you also have to get your best players on the floor when it matters most and maybe it's a problem that the Raptors need all their best players to play near 40 minutes to win a lot of nights but I think he did a good job of managing the minutes in this one Kyle only played 37 which you know is still a lot but is not that much for Kyle at this point um, Fred just played 31 I wonder if maybe there was some uh, reason why he didn't come in to the fourth quarter for very for for a long time, kind of like the Siakam thing, where he was on the bench for a while. I wonder if you know either the lineup was playing well and they didn't need him, or if maybe he was still feeling the effects from that hit he took in the third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. But then Pascal only played 34 minutes, despite coming in with 10 minutes left in the fourth. And you know, I, I think Nurse did a pretty good job of balancing the lineups. He's done a pretty good job, I think, all told, without Norm and Og, of not overexerting his best players while ensuring one of his best players is always on the floor. And, you know, that's always going to be a bit of a – I think maybe it's like a a thing that he's actually trying to work on, right, is – when do i bring my guys in and how do i balance rest because that's been a sore spot for him in the past and maybe it's just him kind of learning on the fly and there're going to be weird instances like on friday night against the kings where you know siakam doesn't come in till late because he's trying to manage the minutes and then maybe a long stretch without a stoppage keeps him from coming in uh, when you want him to and stuff like that but uh, yeah you're totally right it was a really good move i think to bring pascal into that lineup that was having trouble scoring off the top of the fourth, and it won them the game. Frankly, you know P- Pascal was unguardable in this one. The Magic just simply had no hope. And uh, as it turns out, when you put your best scorer in the in the game uh, against a team that doesn't have a chance to stop him and give him the ball, things work out all right. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? <thought? laughs> um, there's a there's a lot more that I want to dive into from this game, Vivek, uh, and I want to get into the rotation stuff because I think. Maybe we're seeing some crystallization, although there's still some guys, in particular Terrence Davis, who are getting more minutes than I think he deserves. Uh, Of course, I think he deserves Mm -hmm. zero minutes, but we'll get to that and a whole bunch more coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about your friends over at BetOnline.ag, the number one place for you to put your money down when you are betting on sports, regardless of what the event might be. And if you sign up right now at betonline.ag for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus, meaning if you put in $500, bucks, you are going to get 750 bucks to play with. And that's well-timed ahead of the Super Bowl coming up this weekend where there are a million props to put some money down on. And, of course, you've got not just football, but you've got the nightly NHL and NBA action. You've got MLB futures. And, of course, you can also bet on Croatian or Greek basketball if you really feel like it on or .ag as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Vivek, let's uh, dive back into this thing here. Just a reminder, coming up on tomorrow's show, I'll be doing an episode where I'm trying to trade for some dudes. I've already recorded a bit of a thing with uh, Chris and Evan from Locked On Cavs in an effort to land Andre Drummond on the Raptors. We walked through what the trade might look like, if there is something to come about there. And I'm also trying to line someone up from the Wizards world to get a Bradley Beal conversation going. So that is something to look out for tomorrow on Tuesday. All right, Vivek, the uh, rotation in this one. I, I think we're seeing maybe a bit of a crystallization here. We're seeing DeAndre Benber, Yuta Watanabe, Stanley Johnson all become, I think, more trusted pieces for Nick Nurse. Johnson only played 12 minutes in this game, but I think you know the recent run suggests that he is in Nurse's good books and will be part of the rotation going forward here. Of course, there's going to be a rotation crunch when Norm Powell and OG Ananobi come back. So my question to you is, who do you think should get squeezed out? based on what we've seen over the last couple of games with those guys unavailable, and why do you think that that person or persons should be squeezed out of the rotation?
1: So I wouldn't necessarily call it squeezing anyone out of the rotation. I think everyone's going to be in play. It's just a matter of what the opposition dictates, and we, we've seen that a little bit with Chris Boucher of late, right? And he mm-hmm. comes into the game... Uh, The Kings go to Hassan Whiteside and completely play him off the floor. Vucevic has similar advantages going up against him. And so uh, I think those type of things will dictate who's in and who's out on more nights than not. With uh, DeAndre Bembry, he gives you some of that playmaking, uh, that scramble defense that Nick Nurse loves. And so if he can bring that consistency and make a couple of shots here and there, then he's going to see time on the floor. Utah Watanabe, same thing. I I love the confidence that he has on his jump shot now. Mm -hmm. I think it was almost to the point where he's so cognizant of the fact that he is a role player that when he was getting the ball before, it was like, no, this is not for me. Let me see who who else I can find. And obviously he's uh, got a great feel for the game and he's able to make some nice passes to teammates, but those opportunities where he's open, the fact that he was vaulting up straight away to shoot him and use three for three in this game against the Magic, I think that's really encouraging. That's going to help him stay on the floor defensively. He's so, so good. That block on Vucevic, I Woo. mean. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm i really encouraged by Utah. Uh, Bembry, I think, might be a bit more up and down in terms of what the needs are on a particular night. Uh, and Stanley, I think I'm pretty impressed as well. So uh, it, it's, I think with Bembry and Stanley, it's going to be, you know, what the opposing personnel dictates as well as which one of the two can actually give you a little bit on
0: offense. Yeah, I think I take a bit of a different approach where I think all of Bembry, Utah, and Stan Johnson should be part of the regular rotation, kind of regardless of the matchup most nights, just because, They're all pretty interchangeable. They all can kind of play between the two and the four. It doesn't really matter what positional designation you give them. And I just Mm -hmm. think, and I made this point on the podcast I did on Saturday after the Kings game, I just think all three of those guys, especially once you have more playmaking in the lineup with Powell back and OG back, like those guys are just such good connectors and so low-maintenance, that you can pair them with three or four of the main five guys and feel pretty good about what they're going to give you and not feel like they're detracting anything, whereas I think guys like Terrence Davis certainly will detract in a lot of ways. I think Aaron Baines can detract quite a bit (laughs) as well, even with his 16 rebounds (laughs) against the Magic, Um, and he's been a lot better. And, I mean, Boucher can clearly detract as well. And, you know, I'm really kind of fascinated by my own sort of up and down feelings towards Chris Boucher honestly like started the season I was unsure 10 games in I'm like okay it's Chris Boucher time let's go and then the last six or seven games obviously things have tailed off quite a bit and you're starting to see some of the holes particularly on defense where I think you're seeing a lot of the times where the Raptors look the least like themselves on defense are coming with Boucher on the floor just because he's out of sorts he's not a yeah. great pick and roll guy he's not someone who is sort of conditioned to stand back at the rim and be in position that's just not what he's all about and you're you're kind of guessing every night as to what you're getting whereas I don't think you're guessing whatsoever with Benbury Watanabe and Johnson all three of those guys can connect plays all three of those guys can do a little bit with the ball in their hands just to you know move to the next spot to make the next pass even if it's not super dynamic or anything like that although I think Benbury has a bit of off the bounce chops that maybe go a little bit unnoticed but I just feel Mm -hmm. like those three guys, to me, in concert with the main five guys, Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet, Powell, OG, that, to me, is a sturdy-ass eight-man rotation. You factor in the centers, obviously, Baines and Boucher. Maybe you sort of skew away from Boucher a little bit, even, and go small with OG at the five if you are feeling a little bit unsure about Boucher and what he's going to offer you in a certain matchup, and you'll get more data on what types of matchups he'll be cut out for as you go. But to me, the top eight should be the core five plus Bembry Abe Johnson. I know Baines will start, but to me, he's not like one of the reliable guys in that configuration. Um, but, you know, it, it's I guess they're getting into a situation where it's one of those good problems to have because there's maybe more players who are deserving of some minutes than than there were before, but I just feel like Benbury, Utah and Johnson are the most deserving and the ones you're surest are going to give you a floor. And they've been searching for a floor in those transitional lineups so much this year. I just, those feel like the guys who are your vehicle to getting there. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I, I just, I think my point more with Bembry was we haven't really seen that consistency from it right? We were really encouraged with what we saw in preseason. Then he kind of faded a bit. Now we've seen uh, him flicker again. So if he can find that consistency, then yeah, he should be a part of rotation. Um, Utah and Stanley are the ones that to me have been the most consistent. Mm -hmm. And so I I think they're the ones I look at and say, okay, where do I find the minutes for them with Chris Boucher? You're seeing a lot of it is because also Aaron Baines is looking like Aaron Baines again. Mm -hmm. And when you have someone like him who's you know pr- doing what he needs to do on the offensive end with his screen setting and uh, finishing more around the basket, uh, not so much from three, but at least you know he's picking his spots better. and then defensively, much improved, he's understanding uh, the system, it seems like a lot better now. And I think mm-hmm. this again speaks to when when we look at Stanley's improvement, Utah's improvement, Benbry maybe starting to come along and now Baines as well. I think this just speaks to guys that have a good understanding of the game and those head scratch that we were seeing, if they can continue to be cut down, then it shows that they just needed some more experience and some more exposure. Where you know some of these guys, Stanley and Utah in particular, haven't had this type of opportunity before.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: good example uh, that I kind of go back to Is when people really hated on Serge Ibaka when he was just starting to practice uh, in games, Mm. those passes out of the short roll, right? Right. And everyone's like, he sucks at this. He needs (laughs) to stop doing it. And guess what? You don't get better if you just stop doing something. And. They, the Raptors persisted with it and persisted with it. And guess what? He became a really good passer off that and made really good recognitions. And all of a sudden, people are crediting it, crediting it to Mark Gasol. And I'm sure that's some of it. But I think a big part of it, too, is just being able to work through those growing pains. And we've seen a lot of growing pains here with the Raptors. And hopefully now, as things continue to improve again, two and eight to, for the first ten games, six and four over the next ten. Hopefully, they can work their way towards five hundred, and we'll just continue to see less and less of those growing pains.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am. Before we move on, I, I am curious. All right, I know I said of, a lot there. No, that's okay, man. Um, I, I am curious, sort of, where you're at on Boucher, just as like a dude on the team. I, I think a little bit. You know, even like six, seven games ago, we were probably like, okay, well, he has to be getting close to 30 minutes every night. He's too important offensively, uh, and his shot blocking is too damn fun to not get the most out of it. I have sort of very quickly made another 180 where I'm starting to you know, go to the trade machine and include him in trades again. <laughs> and maybe that's just fickle fan brain or something. I don't know, but <laughs> just the way the roster is coming together and the way Benbury, Watanabe and Johnson all kind of provide, you know, some sort of production or reliability at the four, which I think again is Boucher's actual position. I don't think he's a center. We've kind of seen that when he comes up against dudes who are sized like centers, it just doesn't quite work. And if if Baines is going to play the way he has, you know, I kind of think maybe Boucher is the expendable one instead of Baines, honestly, if you're looking at deals, Um, which is strange to say, considering where we were a couple weeks ago, and things could obviously flip back back to where it was before, but just the way things are coalescing here, Boucher, to me, kind of seems like if you are going to go try to make a deal maybe he's the one you include as like a sexier sort of option. Like, Oh, this isn't just a salary dump. You get Chris Boucher. Look how good he was. Look at what he can do. Look at what you still have to potentially mine from him. And that's kind of where I'm at now is like, maybe Boucher's like their best trade asset, even beyond Norm Powell. Who's very clearly important now. (laughs) Like, am I crazy for thinking that?
1: No, I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. I think he would be a viable trade option. I think he'd be an appealing trade option for opposing teams. I think with the Raptors, it's just a question of what they're looking to address. And if you've got Aaron Baines at the center, you've gotten rid of Alex Len, what are you getting back where you still feel like the center position is shored up? Yeah, Uh, like We've seen a good stretch here from Aaron Baines, but we don't know how long it's going to last. And so that's where I think with the non core pieces it's what, what is a reasonable expectation in terms of consistency. And so if you have inconsistency, then you need almost more of those plug and play options where it's like, okay, we know that so-and-so isn't perform- performing on this night. Let's roll the dice with this person. And so uh, I think Nick nurse is going to need as many of those players to roll the dice with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so unless you're getting a guy that's proven, I, I, I think it's going to be tough to swing, and I don't know if you get a proven guy for a Chris Boucher plus whatever it might
0: be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally fair. Um, it might just be sort of like as a throw-in on a bigger deal, I suppose, if uh, sure. if that's where he ends up coming in. We'll get to that on tomorrow's podcast, baby. That, that's, a, that's a tease. <laughs> We're going to talk trades. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's continue on here. Let's uh, dive into uh, just some other stray thoughts from this game. I want to get into... Uh, the Terrence Davis situation and the fact that he continues to play a lot of minutes and Nick Nurse seems to be uh, determined to get him minutes even though he is probably bad at basketball and shouldn't be playing basketball at all right now. Uh, We'll get into that and a couple more things from this game against the Magic in just a sec but first I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar who make the best tasting protein bar in the world. It's so freaking good I can't really describe it it's you know you expect a protein bar to taste gritty or sandy or like uh, something disgusting in your mouth that you're just eating for the nutrients and that's not the case a built bar basically allows you to feel like you're cheating and having a like a kit kat or something like that except it's not that at all and it's actually good for you they have 18 amazing flavors including Some real bangers. Lemon Almond Cheesecake. I can't describe to you how freaking good Lemon Almond Cheesecake is. You could just order your whole self a box of those and you'll be happy. But they also have some great flavors as well. A part of their original lineup like Mint Brownie, Banana Bread, Orange, and Toffee Almond. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew and they're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for keto diets as well. And they are wonderful if you are maybe not like a breakfast person. You don't want to have too much in your stomach to start the day, but you want to have something in your stomach to start the day then i highly recommend a built bar it helps you get the day off to a good start go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and get 20 percent off of your next order that is the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com i think the banana bread is my new favorite there's his testimonials right there banana breads rule it rules it's so good <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you can get it, at the end of the <laughs> get it at the end of the read there good job that's good advertising
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's uh, continue on here, Vivek. Let's wrap this up. And uh, I want to talk about the Terrence Davis thing. Just a reminder, though, that you can listen to Locked On Today every single day with Peter Bukowski, Locked On Packers. He's now hosting a general sports show featuring uh, appearances from all the Locked On local experts that are in the news covering the biggest stories. Lots of Super Bowl lead up this week, of course, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Big baseball trade breakdowns and all that good stuff. So go and listen to Locked On Today. 20 minutes to start your day off. You, You really can't do much better than that. All right. So Terrence Davis, Vivek, we've talked this till we're blue in the face. Um, I don't think Mm. our screeds about why he should not be playing right now, at the very least, until the team, uh, until the court case has been resolved. I don't think that's going to be heard by the team or anything like that. I don't think we're changing anything with the way the status of the team is right now. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about it and criticize what I think has been a pretty poor mismanagement of the situation. And Terrence Davis starting the last two games has kind of brought this into light. You know, I had a few people in my mentions yesterday saying they just aren't going to watch the team until he's off the team at this point, which, you know what, I can't blame you whatsoever if that's your stance. You know, everyone deals with it and compartmentalizes different ways. I've, you know, got my own ways of dealing with it and sort of cleaning my conscience of it, but I can't begrudge anyone whose relationship to the team has been severely damaged by the continuing on as though nothing is different. And this applies... Not just to him playing, but the broadcast last night. I was really disappointed when the start of the broadcast was just like a big Terrence Davis fest, talking about how Nick Nurse was still really excited about how much talent he has and all that stuff. It's like you don't need to focus on him when you're doing the broadcast. You can, you know, make mention of the thing that's going on with him just once, even. Like it just, it feels like it's been entirely swept under the rug. And the fact that he started the last two games and continues to be to me the worst rotation player on the team and continues to just erase anything good he does on the offensive end with stupid stuff on the defensive end and personal fouls out the wazoo and just poorly timed gunner shots it's just it's not working to me where are you at with the Terrence Davis thing Vivek do you agree that he should not be in the lineup let alone I mean we I know you agree with that we've already talked about that but like, where are you at with him getting as much run as he is, getting as much focus as he is from the broadcast and from Nick Nurse? Like, it's just, I wonder if maybe someone in the Zooms should just ask, uh, like, the elephant in the room question about it all. I don't know. It's getting to a point where they have very seemingly just forgotten about the entire thing. And I think that's gross. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's, it's really weird, especially now with him in the starting lineup and you know, just getting opportunity after opportunity, the opposite side of what I was talking about earlier, where players learn from mistakes and get better with experience is, you know, a guy like Terrence Davis has had opportunity after opportunity, and he seems to be getting worse with his decision-making. I mean, objectively speaking from a basketball point, defensively, he's been lost a bunch of times. Um, Offensively, as you said, you know, there's been some careless turnovers. There's been some really bad decision-making. He's going to shoot on sight. Uh, but maybe I'm, I'm really just hoping this is a case of Norm and OG are out of the lineup. And so this is kind of what Nick is writing because there's a, the one thing I will say is there's a huge difference between Terrence Davis's ability to get off his shot and Matt Thomas. So that's one strength that he does have uh, over Matt Thomas. But beyond that, you know, I I really hope that Norm and OG get back into this lineup. And with Stanley and Utah and Bembry, there's really no need to look anywhere else.
0: Yeah. It'd be one thing, you know, obviously, it would still, I think, be uh, immoral to be playing him if he were playing well. But. He just continues to get chances despite playing miserably when he's on the floor. And like it's, you can tell anytime he's on the floor, the team plays worse. It's just, they are more out <laughs> of sync. They are more like it's, it's reductive and simple to say that, but it's absolutely true. Like they just, they like they leak points Their their defense is not there. They have terrible shot selection. And a lot of that is tied up in Davis. And you know, like, look at the starters from yesterday's game. Davis starts this game, plays twenty six minutes. A lot of those minutes with the starters. Kyle Lowry plus thirty. Pascal Siakam plus twenty seven. Aaron Baines plus eighteen. Fred VanVleet plus seventeen. Terrence Davis just a plus eight, even though he started with those guys. Like it's clear when he's not being propped up by good players, he's just he's not giving you a ton. And I almost the, wonder, yeah,
1: with Nick Nurse, if there's a bit of that like galaxy brain thinking there, where he knows. He kind of has to use Terrence right now. And so the only most productive way to use him is in the starting lineup where all those really good players can at least prop him up.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, that makes some sense, I suppose. You know, I just, you know, I feel like, I talked about this on Saturday too, but, like, I feel like it's gotten to this point where it's, like, a binary thing where people think either him or Matt Thomas has to play. Like, you can just not play either of them. Neither of them are good. (laughs) Neither of them are helping the team win right now. Just go with the dudes who are actually helping you win. And I know shot creation is at a premium right now, especially with Norm out, especially with OG out. And so, I guess it's like the deal with the devil is you get Terrence Davis in there and he can actually create a shot. But is it really all that helpful when he's, you know, racking up zero assist games every night? And he's, you know, in an attempt to create his shot, taking dumb little jab steps and missing, or driving to the rim without a plan and getting it swatted away, or just like spilling it off of his knee out of bounds? Like, it's just, what are you actually getting out of it, even if that is the thing in theory that he's providing you? I just. I'm just over it, man, <laughs> and some acknowledgement of what's going on would be great. I don't know. I don't even know when the next court date for him is. Like, there hasn't been any talk about it, and it's just this is what happens all the time. And I mean, look, don't like don't get me wrong. I know there are reasons why he's still on the team, the NBA PA, and all that stuff, and grievances, whatever. I get it. You could easily have him on play- paid leave right now and get rid of that headache entirely, or you could just show a spine. And cut the dude. The Raptors cut Alex Len because he was bad at basketball. You could do the same thing for Terrence Davis. I promise you, you can. You can also just, like, show a spine, even if it is going to get you was in trouble with the PA. You're the Toronto Raptors. You can probably handle whatever, like, fine comes your way in a grievance or whatever it might be. Just, like, show a spine. The New York Rangers yesterday released... Tony D'Angelo, who was, like, one of their better young players, because he's a racist asshole. They got rid of him from the team. He didn't do anything illegal. He was just a dick, and they got rid of him. I know it's different leagues, different rules, and all that stuff, but you could actually take a principled stance and get rid of a guy, and, like, Davis is doing nothing with his on-court play to deserve a spot on the roster either, so... I'm just, I know people hate when I get into it and I repeat myself till I'm blue in the face and people think I'm like trying to show some sort of moral superiority complex. No, I think I'm just being a human who actually thinks about the basketball team I cover and want to root for the people I'm watching. And I don't feel that when Terrence Davis and it actively detracts from the experience. And I would hope maybe the Raptors would pick up on it. And I know they've gotten plenty of tweets and messages from people who feel the exact same way that I do. And it doesn't seem like anything's going to change, but hopefully... Norm Powell coming back at least removes him from the starting lineup and maybe we see him relegated to C D duty for now. But that's all I got. I'm tired of talking about it, Vivek. Really, honestly, <laughs> it's so exhausting. Do you have any do, uh, any parting shots on uh, anything we talked about today? Anything that we didn't hit from this game against the Magic?
1: Uh, no, we can pretty much cover everything. Utah being, ra- I mean, hey. Uh, I guess so the one thing we didn't touch on was Kyle Lowry versus Aaron Gordon. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> what a <laughs> night for Aaron Gordon, man. My God. Just owning himself at every turn. I feel bad that he hurt yeah. himself. His ankle looked disgusting. I hope he's okay. Um, But, my God. Just yeah. uh, what a banner night. A beef that you've held on to for five months. You're... First attempt at like squashing that beef or retaliating in that beef uh ends in you getting hurt and also picking up a flagrant foul, and then you get dunked and on. Giving Kyleria's to
1: his
0: charge total on the season, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Was that? No, I don't think it would have been a charge. Right. Maybe they credited to him just at a little home cooking on the scoreboard. That'd be fun, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh yeah, poor Aaron Gordon. As I said last night on on the dumb bird website uh you know aaron gordon talks a lot for a guy who is aaron gordon i guess there's not much else to do when you're on the orlando magic but my god (laughs) he just couldn't get out of his own way last night poor guy
1: yeah i mean first off health wise i hope he's okay that was a yeah of course little tennis ball on his ankle um but yeah you know i look back on that play in the bubble if i'm being completely honest it it, it looked like a dirty play every time I saw it from Kyle. And if someone did that to a raptor, if someone did something like that to OG Ananobi or Norman Powell when they're going up for a dunk, I'd be furious. And so uh and and the more I thought about it, you know, it he seemed to react after that box out than anything else. It wasn't like, you know, the cheap shot came uh before that, and like you know, first things first in the game, he's like, "I'm gonna get this out the way." <laughs> um That may have been the trigger where it's like, "I've had enough," and and so he went and did what he felt he needed to do. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's the end of it. That, that that's yeah. the one thing I hope is uh, <laughs> definitely don't want to see Kyle get hurt. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully that's the end of it. Aaron Gordon, you know karma sucks and so he got the worst end of this one uh, in terms of the outcome Uh, takes the uh, the L gets dunked on by Pascal Siakam um, has to leave the game injured like I don't think there's a worse trifecta of things that can happen to
0: you in one game so yeah and and all of that all through all that he still has to play for the Orlando Magic (laughs) 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 poor guy can't catch a W anywhere yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah there we go there's there's the parting shot besides that you know like i said i mentioned earlier i'll have uh some exciting stuff coming up with cbc sports you can read my usual work at complex canada and besides that you can follow me on twitter I have Vick, i'm jacob
0: hell yeah man uh my parting shot is also on the note of uh aaron gordon getting crowned by pascal I, I th- i've noticed pascal's dunks have had more uh like ferocity to them this year and I'm thankful to see it as a noted critique of Pascal's dainty little dunks over the course of his career it's nice to see him have a little bit more thunder um so congrats hopefully that is a continuing trend he can fall back to earth in terms of his scoring and all that I don't care but if he's dunking hard it's good in my books max contract baby uh all right that's gonna do it for today's show, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to Rate Review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's always appreciated when you leave a little rating or a review. And uh, that's all, I think. I, I wrote the recap for the Magic game last night. It was nothing special, but if you want to read it and give me clicks, sure, I'll take it. Uh, uh, basketball, myself and Katie Heindel, of course, is a thing. Um, I'll be on. Uh, Corbin Smith's quarantine cast as well Of course a beloved former guest of this podcast If you want to listen to me there with Katie later today Um, But that's all I got Thank you so much for tuning in We'll talk to you again on Tuesday With another episode of Locked on Raptors